0: And I'm Allie And it's about time, time for true
1: crime Hey, how are you guys? How are you guys doing? How's your week going? Happy Tuesday Happy freaking Tuesday um, I just wanted to make a public apology Truly to everybody from the, the bottom of my heart I'm so fucking sorry that I asked for snow um, Yeah I did I said I it. I do want, I love it but I'm so fucking so I do regret it.
0: Uh, yeah. Can you uh, tell them why, though? Uh, because that's what we were just talking about. If you couldn't hear the laugh in our voices, so I want you to fill everybody in.
1: This little morning mm. of mine, yeah, I got it. I'll set a scene for you. Right? Oh, okay. So let me, I get let me up. Close I actually eyes. I get up early because I know it's snowy out and I'm gonna have to clean off my Correct. car. Okay. Um, so I'm up early. I do my makeup. I do my hair. Like I actually look cute. I feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have cute little outfit. Um, mm-hmm. I have like these high waisted khaki pants on Ooh. and this cute little like quarter zip I got from Quince that I like. And I put on heels, which I I admit that was my bad. Like that is on nobody else. I just totally forgot to put on <laughs> snow boots when I left. But I had my little heels and I had like my little bag with me and I had brought in a donation for like some of the clothing stuff that we do at our job. Um, and I had like a little calendar and I had to repot a plant. So I had my plant with me mm-hmm. in this big old pot. So you mean your hands were full? Yeah, very. <laughs> and then I also had a water bottle in my purse. Yeah. So there hydrator hydrate or dehydrate. Hydrate or dehydrate. Correct. Um, so I get all of this, right? All right. And I'm going downstairs. Things are going well. The shoes usually a little bit slippery on me, but I added some extra thick socks. So they were fine. Good for you. Get down out the building. There's a couple of steps down from my building to like the actual parking area. Of course. Who doesn't? So I'm walking down the stairs. Mm. I slip and fall right on my ass. Oh, not a slip and fall. On both stairs. Like, boom, boom. Oh. To the ground. Um, I didn't know
0: all these details. I love this. Then
1: I look up. Okay. Right? The yep. sun is shining. It's Beautiful cloudy day. and gray, but all of the snow is pretty everywhere, and it's, like, hanging on the trees and all that Correct. shit. Yeah. Um, And standing right in front of my ass on the ground uh-huh. is, like, the little maintenance guy. The ground throws out his Yeah. The, the little sand and the, the salt, and he was like, oh, it looks icy over there. Like, Yeah. Yeah, there's no salt on these steps yet, sir. None yet.
0: <laughs> Ask my ass cheeks.
1: So then I got to stand up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As, as you
1: would. You wouldn't crawl on over to the car. But then, of course, uh, in standing up, I fell smack dab on my face in front of him. No. Uh-huh.
0: I bet he sanded the shit out of those stairs. He fucking though. better. <laughs> or he was like, nah, I want to see that again this morning and just left.
1: <laughs> so then- So we have like parking in front of the building and on the side. Mm -hmm. And I always park on the side. I park in the last spot on the side because I can see it from my window. Mm -hmm. Also, um, it means nobody can hit me on one side of my car. Correct. And it's the most space for getting out, like just easy maneuvering. Mm -hmm. So I love it. I always park there. Mm Um, my car had been entirely plowed over, but in case you fucking missed it, it's New England and we had a bunch of fucking snow, and so they didn't even like shovel the path to the side of mm-hmm. the building yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, I'll go the long way, fucking whatever. So I go like out and I have to go around all the cars out to the main like road of the neighborhood and back in to get to the side of the building.
0: Oh, no. Uh
1: huh. Um, and I'm bringing everything. Everything's fucking heavy because...
0: As it is. There's
1: shit in everything right. I own and a giant-ass plant. Uh-huh. In which, by the way, isn't a white pot? I have no idea how I did not break that shit. It's like ceramic. And it I would have just been like white shards lost in the snow. So mm-hmm. <laughs> then I go to start cleaning off my car, except wait. I can't really find it, except that I know where I park every fucking day. <laughs> so then I start, like... I get in there, I'm literally like, I don't even know, hobbling through the fucking snow to get to my car. Snow's up to my fucking thighs. I love it. I have to like muscle woman the door open to even get the freaking like
0: you wanted it. Brush.
1: I know, I did. And then I start brushing it. I can't even like push the shit off because it's piled up so high on top of the car. So I have to do it in layers. And then I'm like, All right, I just want to make sure I can get out of here, and then I'm going to go put on, like, dry pants because I can't go to work in what looks like fucking assless chaps. Um, <laughs> they're khaki. So, like, the top khaki, skin color. The bottom, delazo assless chaps. And that's what it looked like. <laughs> and so Sorry. and so then I, like, get in the car and try to leave, and I'm like, well, you know, not try to leave, but make sure I can get out. Nope, can't get out, so then I have to go and shovel. Then I'm doing that for a while. And then I fall again in the middle of all of that. And then I'm like, fucking fine. So I go, everything's done. I finally shoveled everything. My hands, I'm pretty sure, like, pretty close to frostbite. Sorry, mom. Not really that close. But, like, the point where they were so wet and cold that they were still cold by the time I got to work. And, Mm. like, a layer of skin peeled off a finger or two. Yeah. Um freezing wet to my bones and then had to run upstairs change i was out there for an hour i'm yeah, not kidding she like, texted
0: me and she's like i will be late today it and was that just was it. i
1: will be late period i was <laughs> like i can't i'm not doing it i did stop and get coffee because i was like if i'm gonna be a half an hour late from this shit anyway make it an extra five minutes seriously like, i need some caffeine Um, But I did go upstairs and got changed, put on some dry pants, put on some dry socks changed my shoes didn't wear heels no oh yeah that's the other thing i lost a heel in the fucking snow so then i had to like search around for it because i stepped out which by the way made my little foot really cold and then Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah and then and then i fell on the way when i was trying to go into the back door but then the thing is the back door lock has been janky for fucking ever so then it wouldn't open even though i had my key and then i had to walk all the way back around again where i fell again in front of the fucking man and then I got inside. Aww. And then Newton was just like staring out the window the whole time. Like, it is a good day to be an indoor cat. Like- <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I didn't have that bad of an experience with the snow, but I yeah. did have an experience with the snow. Yeah, but yours is funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You falling four times is pretty it's super funny
1: until you're the one that has to feel all of the aches and bruises from it oh no entirely i'm so terrified the second my hips get brittle (laughs) are you kidding oh i'm fucking out i'm I'm gonna be done
0: but so we got a lot of snow i went to move my car i thought i could handle it Mm -hmm. oh first of all let me set well let me set the scene i love it okay all right i'll picture so, I get up, mm-hmm. and I'm in my jams, yeah. and it's a cute little matching set that my mom got me for Christmas. Mm. Thanks, Mom. Love and I was like, okay, I gotta change, because yep. we're going to be productive today. This was the day before, so this right. was not a work day. And I throw on some leggings that were yep. clean, and they are this, like, very light pink beigey mm-hmm. color, mm-hmm. which, um, so am I. Yep. So... <laughs> So it kind of looks like I'm not wearing pants. Yeah. And throw on my jacket because I'm like, all right, let's get this let's get this car show on the road. Let's get her moved and all Room ready to bitches. go. And so I put on my little coat. Mm-hmm. I had started my car. Mm-hmm. My doors are frozen. Yep. So can't open them. Nice. So I start using my hands and my yep. arms to try to clear some of the snow off. Oh, um, all that did was make my hands burn. Yep. Um, and then my door thawed enough that I could climb in the back and get the snow brush. Love. And then I started brushing, and I'm really short, and so getting the top mm-hmm. of my car is like really hard.
1: The funny thing, you guys, is that the top of her car is not tall. Your okay, car but rides I literally very low. cannot. Like, I know you're two and a half feet tall, shop. but like <laughs> <laughs> no, but
0: really. So then I get in my car, and I'm like, I can get on through. Like, it wasn't that bad, but it was, like, the heavy, wet snow. Anyway. Yeah. So I pull forward a little bit, and my tires are just yeah they're Mm -hmm. just they're spinning and i'm going nowhere fast and i'm like oh no so then i try to like rock it and go back and then Mm -hmm. forward and then back and then forward like got it yeah didn't happen so then a neighbor came out because he must have been watching like having his morning coffee and Mm be like i can't watch this little (laughs) kid try to get this car out this little kid without pants on yeah try to get her (laughs) car
1: in snow (laughs) try to get her
0: so then he comes out and he didn't have a shovel either but he did have his own snow brush and with our snow brushes we tried to use them as a shovel and try to clear the snow <laughs> out from under my car and under my tires and everything and then so i'm in the car like rocking it and he's yeah. trying to like clear that and then apparently i cut the wheel too hard and drove into more snow oh baby. which he told me about afterwards and then <laughs> so then we're both out there i'm like on the ground trying to do this my <laughs> like what looked like no pants pants are soaked yeah and they still don't look like pants yeah so then i think what must have been his wife comes out because even now she's taken pity like on both of us yeah and she's like what in the world so she's pushing the car <laughs> he's trying to shovel it i finally get it out and it was just like it was such a group effort that i can't imagine the other people like watching yeah like across the street i just don't know like what See, they saw t- for them to be like Oh, this poor little kid, to like, that. let me throw some Tell boots on, and let's go help the baby. And like here I am, <laughs> like I just wanted to move my car.
1: Your little salmon pink ass out your hands. seriously.
0: I'm like, oh. oh my God, but you wanted snow so damn bad. I
1: did. I did. It's on me, and I accept that. I accept that responsibility. It is so pretty. it is so similarly, actually, yesterday, um we had this big snowstorm or whatever and we were watching these guys because they got stuck in front of the building Mm. like trying to go back and forth and it was this big van and they're doing the same thing they're rocking and they have this like teeny tiny little shovel and one guy keeps coming in and going out. I don't know what he's doing but they're like trying to get you know um, all of the snow unstuck from under the wheels and I finally go out like I just kind of yell out of my balcony and I'm like um do you guys need, like, a bigger shovel? Because I have one. And they're like, that'd be great. (laughs) And so then I go, and I'm like, okay, I'll bring it down. They're like, no, 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 you can just throw it. Just throw it. And I'm like... Okay, well, I don't have socks on, so I'm, like, out in the middle of bare feet, like, Aww. chucking the thing over, and they're like, thank you, and it was so funny to watch them do, because they were in great spirits. They were, like, laughing with each other, and, like, and, like playing like, little with cute the little snow, yeah, <laughs> and then they, when they were finally done, the guy actually came up, like, figured out what one I lived in, was like, hey, thank you so much, and, like, returned it. That's very nice. Which is just, just really cute, but, um, at, like, hopefully at least spirits were high,
0: like, see for me trying to get my car out and like struggling with it and maybe this is just like a me thing or maybe it's just a girl thing Mm -hmm. I don't know but like I feel the same anxiety because I don't know anything about cars Mm -hmm. that when something goes wrong with the car even though it's not wrong with the car it's the fact that there's snow um I go oh no oh no No, what am I gonna do oh no I don't know what to do oh no to me it's like equivalent of when i'm trying to back into a spot and yeah. people are watching oh see or like to try to parallel park yeah yeah i just i'm like oh my god don't look away look away don't look at Get this out. Get mind out. your mind your own business and yes. like i can just imagine the people that were watching like not that i think people are like oh let's watch so her but well, like as someone who happened who to walk by and notice kind of stuck around to be like let's watch her give it a shot <laughs> <laughs> and they're warm in their little robes like well let's watch this little one try <laughs>
1: well and that's what i was like as someone who was the neighbor fully just watching <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for real
1: um i don't know it's not as fun as florida where some of us were but i do like the snow. by some of us do you mean me yeah yeah so How i was, was just it? in florida you guys oh, um so
0: jealous visiting some family it was honestly it was awesome and got home to a snowstorm which was <laughs> not awesome Sadie. but while we were away my friend house sat and mm. cat sat and my cat loves her so bon bonnie if you're listening mia loves you um and so we are i just i felt comfortable like the house was taken care of and yeah. we could go away for a few days and it was beautiful and saw family yeah. and saw like some in-laws like I haven't seen my sister-in-law in a while. Yeah. So it was just really cool to just see people and have kind of like a calm vacation. Haven't yeah. really had. Normally vacations are like go 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 for me. Right. So it was nice to just have it like a little bit more relaxed oh. and fun and the weather was like really cold when we first got there. Mhm and then warmed up so of course and i wish it was the other way around so i like, could have right. gotten cold and i would have like prepped for coming back yeah to this fucking like ice age but yeah it was beautiful there and it like warmed up and it was like mid 70s like 80s i was like oh Ooh. this is perfect when i got in a plane that came back here
1: to the 20s yeah yeah and it was horrible um i played in the snow a little bit that was fun that's very cute did you make a little snow angel um no i didn't i i just like to go to the woods and like take a walk in the snow but i found little horse like horseshoe prints like really cute like a deer no like a horse like a real horse yeah like like a moose nope
0: i don't know what moose have for feet
1: well i know they don't have horseshoes on their feet so that'll do it yeah that'll do it so it was like full-on horseshoes okay it was very cute I know, I know a horse print. I can't say I know a moose print off the top of my head, but I know what a horse looks like. A horse. What the fuck? Of course I know what a horse looks like. You know what I mean. Damn.
0: I know what a horse
1: looks like. I know, I know a dog from a weird wolf, but that <laughs> was a horse track.
0: Was that a Midwest thing? No.
1: <laughs> it's from a really stupid college humor video series that I really like. Um, it's called... Precious plum. Is it's, that the one you
0: showed me uh, yes, that time? Yeah,
1: it's a spinoff of Honey Boo Boo. That was so funny. <laughs> Fuck a
0: bag. Fuck a big big bag. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, uh, which is like, unfortunately, now a common phrase of mine. Fuck it a bag. Really is. Like, it's really just infiltrated my vocabulary, but it's really fun to say.
0: So I think we're gonna have to include. We're gonna link the video.
1: Yeah. Okay. In the show notes, it's called um, "A Perfectly Good Sword." And
0: <laughs> You know it off the top of your head. Yes. Um and We're here's gonna the thing. It.
1: So Precious Plum, like I said, it's a honey boo boo spinoff, but please remember it is satirical. It is not for reals but it is so funny. You know,
0: sometimes you just need to watch college humor. Yeah.
1: I don't know, a dog from a weird wolf, but that was a good sword. <laughs>
0: That was like some Midwest shit that you
1: it's What's have? a good sword like this doing it in a big old pile of nothing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that when they're like in the trash? Yes!
1: Why do I remember that? All right, we need to get it's with so it. Good. Okay, we have guys, a case
0: to cover, don't I'm we? I'm so
1: sorry. We are 15 minutes in. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm. We never do that. All right. Sorry. Can well, we, just, we had like, snow stories, so. Get into it. Well, we just miss you guys so much. We're only here once a week now, so we got to get it all out now. I know. But how the hell are you guys? It is the last Tuesday of January, and you know what that means? <gasps> what does that mean? It means we're doing the requested case. Woo-hoo. Woo! So, we promised you guys for episode 50 that we would let you pick a case and we'd cover it this month. And we waited till the last Tuesday, but we sure are here and we're showing up for you. We certainly did it. So, I wanted to talk about the Puccio family crimes. I guess there's many. Ooh. Yeah. So, this was requested by at P-A-U-I-D-I-B-E, at Pawdive, I believe it is, on Instagram. So, hey. Um, and thank you for this fascinating case. I'd literally never heard of it at all. I have
0: no idea. Whatsoever. I've, I remember the request. I have no idea really what it's about.
1: Um, it's wild. It's like a full-ass family. Okay. So, this true crime case takes us all the way to Argentina okay we're a little I world travel it specifically San Isidro which is a suburb north of Buenos Aires Argentina okay and this place is like I looked it up on a map it's pretty much right next to the opening of the South Atlantic Ocean so it's not like right on the coast but it's kind of like at a big bay mouth area mm-hmm. of it if that makes sense It splits sure. off into a bunch of different rivers mm-hmm. so. Um, The Puccio family resembled any normal family in the 1980s. A mom and dad, there were five beautiful kids. They had a business. They had a home. It wasn't a lot, but it was everything they had, Mm -hmm. you know? Archimede Puccio, the father, was born in 1929. He had many different titles in his day, but at the time, he was an accountant and an entrepreneur. Okay. Okay. His wife, Epiphania, which I think is a beautiful name, Um, obviously had the five kids and she was pretty much a stay at home mom. Although I did read that she did some teaching in like a middle school. Mm -hmm. I think she actually was like kind of on the up and forefront of learning some tech stuff. Not a ton, but like a little, which was kind of cool, especially for a woman in the Mm eighties. And we'll talk about specifically in Argentina, why that's kind of a big deal in a second. But it was cool. It wasn't her full time job or anything, but she did do it. And then there were three boys, Alejandro, Daniel, and Guillermo. And Guillermo?
0: I know, Guillermo. I'm picturing Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows. But I know.
1: I do, too. I'm imagining that that's not where we're going with this story. You'd be surprised. Okay. It might be a Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows kind of vibe for Guillermo. Okay. Right? All right. I'll take it. Um, I love him. He's like my favorite. I know. He's so cute. Um, And, in Fismo. fact... gizmo Gizmo, sorry i'll try not to call him gizmo but it might be hard so in fact the oldest alejandro he was actually a really well-known rugby player in argentina oh okay i've heard that he was famous but like i I don't follow rugby and i don't live there so i'm not gonna go that far but he Mm -hmm. did play for like the united national team very cool so it was pretty good there were also two girls sylvia and adriana Sylvia was a local art teacher, but Adriana was born in the nineteen nine no nineteen eighty I think specifically. Mm -hmm. So she was not super old for most of this. She was pretty small. Okay. So, the Archimedes or Archimedes was known to his neighbors as conservative. He was pious, a little bit icky. He like worked for the government, which wasn't great at the time. But he was super tidy. there were reports that he would sweep his front steps and they owned like a bunch of different businesses. By the way, this is really weird. We'll include a layout of the house that they had. But on one level, they just had like a fucking ton of different businesses.
0: Oh, okay. there was a
1: delicatessen. There was a water sports front. One of the um, Sylvia, one of the daughters ran some like local art stuff out of one of them. Like Jeez. it was a lot. But sort of on the front steps. Archimedes would like reportedly obsessively sweep. He would like sweep the front steps outside rain (laughs) or shine. Like he'd be out there. And while this might seem like it might be, you know, a little OCD related or obsessive or compulsive, it was actually a lot worse than just an already concerning mental illness, which isn't great. No, but Archimedes may have had a really high status position, been in a higher economic class. Um, but his cleaning had more to do with making sure that nobody could hear the screams than there was no dirt. Oh. Yeah. That's different. Mm-hmm. So, for some important context here, we're going to need to know a little bit about Argentina in the 1980s. Um, this is no easy feat. I'm not a poli-sci major. I'm doing the best I can. So, this is just a little quick overview, but it is really pertinent to the actual story. Okay. So. Okay. The Dirty Roar occurred from 1978 to 1983 this was a time in Argentina where they were under a militant dictatorship oh god so as a non sign major it took a lot of brain power to figure out literally just the first sentence of Wikipedia I'm not even kidding <laughs> I believe you that too. Um, <laughs> but rough. essentially yeah. it was a military dictatorship that induced a state of terror Breaking this down, government took control using armed forces and implemented a state of terror, which is when a government performs acts of terrorism on their own people or in other countries, but not in this situation. Mm -hmm. In order to do some of these acts of terrorism, the government started using a right wing death squad. Which you'd probably be like, what the fuck? Are they killing right wing people? No. A.K.A. these groups of people were like literally equipped by the federal police and Argentina's armed fucking forces. And they were just allowed to go um, and basically kill or torture anybody who they believed to be involved in any left wing shenanigans. Oh, God. Yes. So. They always, I find this funny as hell because they were like, this is an anti-communism group. And it's like, okay, you're a fascist group. But like.
0: Yeah. And you go around the circle so many times yeah. that you're the same. So yeah. let's not pretend.
1: We've all ended up pretty much in the same spot down there when you're an extremist. Yeah. So let's just keep that in mind. But I thought that was really funny because I was like, oh yeah. Oh no. Not the big people in charge taking over everything. At I the know. big people in charge taking over everything. Seriously. Yeah. But um, since they were motivated by these extremist right wing views, their entire purpose was just to kill anyone that they, that was or they even thought was involved in any of these like neoliberal movements. Mm-hmm. And so these death squads were called the Argentine Anti-Communist Alliance or AAA or AAA. They call them all the same mm-hmm. thing. So all that to say, it was a pretty fucking intense time no matter where you were Yeah, <laughs> in Argentina. And so, during the time of this dirty war, they estimate that somewhere between 9 and 30,000 people were killed or disappeared.
0: That's a big gap. From the gap. government. That's a big gap. Well, 9,000
1: <laughs> to 30,000. Yeah, no,
0: that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, that's a huge...
1: Yeah. That's... It's giant. It's a big number. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, it was awful, super tense, not great times, but the war actually ended with Britain... Oh, and again, I'm not a historian. So this is to the best of my understanding of what I read. Um, I don't know if this took another fight with Britain or if Britain just came in and alleviated the powers at hand that were making everything mm-hmm. the way it was. But Britain did have a hand in restoring civilian control to Argentina. Oh, okay. so that was in 1984. So they had this little spat with Britain. Britain won. And eventually they helped Argentina get back to their own rule. which is pretty cool and honestly not very britain as we know it Mm. so love that
0: i mean i don't really think it matters what side of the political spectrum you're on when the government has total control yeah it's not good i don't care what hat you wear or what you call it you're doing the same damn things (laughs) y'all
1: exactly and like isn't human error at the heart of everything that goes wrong yep right Mm -hmm. like i don't know And maybe this is just being born and raised in the United States where we have a, you know, democracy for Mm -hmm. all it's worth, good, bad, and otherwise. But, like, I just feel like the more people that have a say, usually the more balanced things end up.
0: Yeah, it's terrifying if, like, all the power is, like, in a very
1: small group of people. Like, not for nothing. I love dogs. I love dogs. Mm -hmm. I love them. But if the government was only made up of dog people... And we were not allowed to have cats. I would be so sad. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I love dogs, but I love cats. Mm -hmm. Let me have them both. Absolutely. So anyway, not the point, but it was intense. But we need to know that because our guy, Archimedes Puccio over here, um, was in Argentina through it all.
0: Okay, so we're saying that he's an adult. Well, he's a dad. Yeah. During the.
1: During the Dirty War. Yeah.
0: Okay. And is he taking part in like the fighting?
1: You're asking great questions. So he did not take part
0: in the fighting. Okay. He specifically. took specifically part in the punishing. That's sure what did. Talking about yes. with the screaming and the sweeping.
1: So, Archimedes, despite a title that seemed innocuous, again, entrepreneur, he owned a few businesses, was actually an ex-secret serviceman. Oh. So, he was tasked with getting rid of the bodies after the government tortured and killed them oh for god. any of these neo beliefs oh god so he was in that AAA, that extremist argentine anti-communist alliance he was in the death squads but okay, he specifically so was tasked with getting rid of the people any
0: of the people that didn't agree with what they agreed with
1: correct okay yeah that's
0: awful mm-hmm. okay and
1: by getting rid of i mean like Disposing of the bodies, that Correct. kind of thing. He wasn't doing the actual killing for this group, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. But this is not justifying what he did. Someone did say, though, I believe it was in a Fox News article. I always have my resources listed below, but just for funsies, I got a lot from BBC, NPR, Fox News, BA Times, France 24, and then honestly, and I'm not even shitting you, quite a few um, entirely. <laughs> in Spanish written articles from InfoBay that I had to translate. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> there's not a lot on this case that is news sourced recently in English. Most right. of it is in Spanish, which but makes sense. Also, a lot of what's in English is about the stupid movie El Clan which is about this. And the movie itself isn't stupid because it's stupid. It's stupid because I can't find anything on the actual fucking crime. It took away from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like 16 pages of Google.
0: Oh, no. I
1: could not. Like, I got two articles. Uh. Ridiculous. Anyway. Not the point. But Google, figure your shit out. If I'm looking up <laughs> the Puccio family, give me the actual one. Yeah. Anyway. So. Again, not justifying what he did, but in one of these articles, it was said that he didn't just wake up and start killing people and that he was a symptom of his time. To me, I say eh, he didn't wake up just kill- like, killing and kidnapping people, but he also chose every decision he made. And that's culpability enough for me, you mm-hmm. know. So Archimedes went to mass every Sunday okay just a few blocks down the street he had the whole family go right all five kiddos him and his wife it was like a cute little thing archimedes and his son alejandro were really close he went by alex so i'll refer to alejandro as alex from now on Mm -hmm. but alex was big in rugby again um he was the first of the five kids he played guitar he actually had been kind of like a celebrity in the local area because of how well known he was and his dad and all of that. Okay. And they got along pretty well, but Alex was like very hard headed and I can assume Archimedes was too. Mm-hmm. Um, And so they kind of clashed a little bit, but they were close because it's that sort of like father son bond. And it's the first time that Archimedes had that chance too. So it sounds like he was kind of special, you know? Mm-hmm. So on the first floor of the family home, the family owned a water sports store, um, Again, makes sense. They're right on the opening to the South Atlantic. But they also had a bunch of other ones kind of in the background. And while there is much speculation as to what happened, as both Alex and his father, Archimedes, have now passed, it becomes increasingly difficult to get to the truth of actually what happened. So let's chat about it. Mm-hmm. We're going back in time, and we're going to zoom into July of 1983. Keep in mind the dirty war has just ended. And I mean, just ended. And Argentina was working back towards civilian rule. There was a little period of instability there, as you may imagine, um, in between, you know, figuring out who was ruling, who the next leadership was going to be, all of that. Times were really tough. Archimedes had just started thinking about what his next business venture was. Um, because he Pretty much just got booted out of his job, which was being an anti-communist alliance death squad fucking disposer guy, and also running his whole like house business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, you know what? Times are tough. Kidnapping sounds like a great way to get some money. I'll just kidnap people for ransom, get the ransom, let them go. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's what he thought he was gonna do. And boy, did he do it. So while I don't agree with kidnap for ransom, I think it's important to remember here the context. Again, Archimedes was around this behavior from the government for the better part of 10 years. The country is shocked when they are returned to civilian rule. Things start to settle down. And Archimedes is like, OK, you know what? I do actually need to get on my shit. I need to do something, here." Mm-hmm. you know. So. It's a surprise to everyone when well-known rugby player Ricardo Minukian went missing. Mm. His 23 or 24 reports vary, and he was really good. He was well-known, but I don't believe he was in, like, the same ranks as Alex. I don't think he was in, like, the National Mm -hmm. Rugby League, but I do think he was in some pretty high-up ones. And people were, like, stressed about this, but Archimedes chose him. He said, "I'm I'm gonna take that one," and he did it for a few reasons. One, he was well known; people would notice if he went missing. Mm-hmm. Kind of important if you want to get ransom for a missing person, people have to want the missing person back. That is true, you know. And if family didn't do it, fans probably could. Yeah, I mean, all gathered together, but fans probably could. Right. Two, his family was well off beyond his own rugby stuff, and so he figured it was gonna work. So Alex was in on this. It was a father-son, daddy, daddy-son daddy date day oh, where they no. were just going to, like, kidnap your little friend. That's not very nice. No. It's not good quality time. No. And Alex as uh, knew Ricardo well. Like, they would hang out. Obviously, they would do rugby sometimes That's together. Sad. They're like friends. I know. Alex had been to his home. They worked and played together. And... <laughs> They even fucking windsurf together, which is honestly just wild to me, but like kind of a funny visual. Um, <laughs> a little afternoon on Thursday, July 22nd of 1982. So we're back in time a little bit. It's 82. Mm-hmm. OK, this is before the war ended because this is really where our story starts. Um, Ricardo Manukian didn't show up to a lunch that he had planned with his parents. Mm-hmm. Isn't that just the fucking way? And I believe they were just meeting somewhere. Like, it's not like he was hosting a lunch or anything, but Ricardo never showed. And supposedly, he got in his fancy rugby player BMW and left to go to lunch from his house. And then, pretty damn quick, Alex Puccio was flagging him down. He was like, Oh, that's my friend. Like, Alex, what's up? And Alex was like, Dude, let's go get some drinks. And while I can't figure out why the hell he would say yes if he had prior plans. He said yes. Okay, so he's ditching his friends. He's ditching his mom and dad to go out with his friends. So he says, sure, let's go grab a drink. Allegedly, I wasn't there and not for nothing, but I'm pretty sure nobody who wrote any of the articles was there either. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So once they get to the alleged bar a few miles away, Ricardo saw that Archimedes and three of his friends were hanging out. His friends were Franco and Fernandez Labora. I believe they were brothers. And there was also a man named Roberto Diaz. Ricardo figured out pretty damn quick that this was a trap, which honestly good for him because if my friend or coworker was like, let's grab drinks. And then I saw their parents, I'd be like, sick party, not like sick. My funeral. <laughs> like, right. So the men covered up Ricardo's head with a bag and they placed Aww. him in a great Ford Falcon. Of course, unbeknownst to Ricardo, he was driven back to just fucking Alex's house. In Mm. fact, he had just been put in Archimedes' home office. There was like a little bathroom attached to it and he was just tied up in the tub. Okay. Yeah. And apparently he was first tied with his hands and his feet and still had his head covered. At some point he must have taken that off because Fernandez later recounted that he looked terrified when he saw that there was a bathroom covered in newspaper. It was like covered in newspaper, which is weird. And I don't hear that detail anywhere else in the story, but that gives me the chills.
0: That is really kind of scary.
1: Yeah. Because like, is it for cleaning? Is it because you're keeping track of stories? Is it your fucking wallpaper because you have weird taste? Yeah. right. I don't know.
0: I picture it like Dexter, like having plastic around. Right, you doing this so like my blood's easier to clean up, or is that just the true crime listener and me? Yeah,
1: that's (laughs) like that's where I go too. And he was in a tub. I'm like, that's the easiest fucking place to clean in your whole house. Anyway, the skeeves. So, skeevy Archimedes calls up ricardo's family and basically is like hey he's alive actually funny i think he was like he's in pristine shape and i'm like he's a fucking rugby player of course he's in pristine shape i know that's not what you mean but like of course he is oh my god no one's ever
0: told me i was in pristine shape. i have never been in pristine
1: shape (laughs) i popped out of the womb in like a decade ago pretty good condition (laughs) like
0: (laughs) it's like slightly used yeah (laughs) from day one looks like new but slightly (laughs) used
1: a few scuffs from you know, <laughs> shipping and handling. so But cheaper. <laughs> it's super true. Essentially, though, after Archimedes calls up Ricardo's family, he's like, he's alive. He's like, do not call the cops. We want money and we'll send proof of life. Like, he's good. Oh. And so he sets up this weird ass little scavenger hunt for them and i did not see this not in- a
0: scavenger. oh it's
1: fucking weird Ugh. i didn't see this in any of the others but i have to assume he operated like this i don't know if this is like a mafia idea thing i don't know if this is just him covering his tracks no clue but he literally is like we'll have his proof of life in a cigarette container in a bar okay Uh uh-huh so they have to go and find this cigarette container and the proof that was in it was a letter that was written by ricardo himself it was his own handwriting and
0: signed by him and
1: yeah and and you know let's not take it for anything it isn't every single word i'm sure was vetted decided and or approved by everybody else in that room
0: of course yeah
1: but this letter basically says do not call the police please 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 it's like Begging not to call the police and then just saying, do what he says. I'll be fine. It's just money. Okay. And so the price on the rugby player's head, you might ask. Mm-hmm. Somewhere between $250,000 and $500,000. You know, reports vary. But like, yeah.
0: that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's not
1: cheap. No, no.
0: But he's in pristine condition. He so is he's in like
1: pristine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> New in box. Unopened. <laughs> So, of course, to get the directions on how to do this, there was another fucking little thing, of course, because there always is. And I believe that was a series of clues that they had to find from the way it was worded in what I read. Um, But it started with directions inside an empty soda bottle. Okay. I'm like, this is not fucking 13 going on 30. Just tell them how to give you the damn money. Like, it's fine. (laughs) You don't have to like dance around a little gazebo about it. Like. (laughs) So anyway, Ricardo's family is promised that when he gets the money, he'll be dropped off some like odd 15 blocks from his home or something. So Ricardo's uncle brings his little briefcase and like like, drops it off. You know, whatever they get their money. So Ricardo gets his little ties reinforced and his hood put back on. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Again, I assume the hood came off because he saw the newspaper and I assume his hands had to be untied to write a letter. So he has to be rebound up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, gift wrapped, if you will. Oh. And he was super excited. He was like, cool, going home. Did the damn thing. I got to be a kidnapped hostage for ransom. Love it. Love it. But instead of delivering him where they said they would, that some odd 15 blocks away, Archimedes and his friends did something a little off book. Mm. Back in the car, they drove for some time. Despite close proximity to the actual ocean, the drive was probably anywhere between one to five hours due to all the rivers they would have had to cross. But okay. they end up at the Parana River, and I don't know if there's piranhas in the Parana River, but I really hope there are. Ugh. Um, I only say I hope there are because it's just like a really good namesake. Then, otherwise, I'm like, why? What's that? The just point?
0: makes me think of Finding Nemo. Parana. The Parana. From the Amazon. Yep. (laughs) What's What's, uh, Darla?
1: Yeah. Fishy. Fishy. Yeah. Wake up. She's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Best of us. No, I'm kidding. I never did that. (laughs) So anyway. um, Sorry. We have this long drive. You know, Ricardo's thinking like, okay, it's going to be a few minutes and we dropped off a block or two, you know, not really, but like a couple Mm -hmm. miles away from home. It's not going to be that long in a car. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, it was like. So, anywhere between an hour and five hours. Mm. And they had to go over these, you know, bumpy roads. They had to go over a couple of bridges. But eventually, they get to the Piranha River. Mm -hmm. And though mainly inland, um, it does open right into this, like, gulf that they all live on in Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. And Archimedes and Alex lived right on the coast, like, pretty damn pretty damn close and basically this large body of water that kind of pools with mud it's called the rio de plata mm-hmm. and that's that big mouth opening into the southern atlantic okay and the Sea kind of comes right off of that mouth so it's like Big ocean, itty bitty opening. And by itty bitty, I mean it's itty bitty compared to the ocean, but like Mm -hmm. decent size. And then it branches off into this long winding river, the Piranha River. Okay. And so there are areas that they could have gone closer than was five hours away. But the most typical spot that was like the actual big part of the river was about five hours away. Ooh, okay. So it was it was going to be a drive regardless. Mm -hmm. But they get there. You know they're in the dirt roads. They're over all the bridges. They finally get there. It's kind of isolated. They throw the car and park. And Fernandez later in court recounted recounted that Archimedes handed him a thirty eight caliber, and told him to clean up what they started.
0: Oh. He said,
1: "Think about your family. Clean this up." So all of the men that were not Fernandez and Ricardo get out of the car. Fernandez says that he. Didn't aim, but shot three times at the lump where he knew Ricardo was.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yep. And then they kind of take him out of the car and they dump him right next to the river. Why? Beats me. They already got their money. Mm. I don't know. So um, I thought it was interesting that they put him next to the water and not in the water. Again, I know that it's like a populous area and people probably like get water from this. But also, it's connected to the actual ocean, so it's not like it's fresh water that they can just sort of drink. They'd have to cure it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know why they wouldn't have just dumped a body in the river, but say, mm. Lovey, they didn't. They put it next to it. Oh, no. So, come August 2nd, 1982, when Ricardo's parents still had yet to hear from their son, they put in a police complaint. Um, and unfortunately, one that came with bad news. Although, fortunately, quick news. Mm. They didn't have to wait a long time, which is probably saying something for this time. Like, Argentina had bigger fish to fry than a missing kid, you know? Right. But it was quick news. There had been a surgeon nearby who had found Ricardo's body on the side of the river, and he was confirmed dead. An interesting variation here from our friend Fernandez was that Ricardo had actually been shot three times in the back of the head. He didn't aim, though? Yeah, I was going to say, not quite the not aiming that we see in most cases. Mm, Okay. Yeah, just like three shots execution style, like with my eyes closed. I had no idea. Either either that or like your excellent shot. Yeah, you (laughs) had no idea. But holy shit. Yes. So this investment must have lasted the band of cons for a while, like a good long time. I mean, that's a decent chunk of money, however Mm. you split Even if it's only the $250,000, that's a lot of money. So... We have to jump forward almost a full year before the next incident. Okay. We're in May of 1983. And how Alex is able to swallow the truth of what his father, friends, and he did to his friend, Ricardo, I don't know. But apparently he had to get over it pretty damn fast and he compartmentalized that shit real good. Mm -hmm. Because the next victim was also a friend of Alex.
0: Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. What a shit time to be his friend. Right? And so... You think you know a guy.
1: Seriously. So our next victim, his name is Eduardo, Eduardo Ole. A-U-L-E-T. Ole. Okay. And so Eduardo also played rugby. I'm not sure if he was on the same team as Alex since Alex played in, again, the National Union rugby team. And Eduardo played for a club called... Pueridon Club. It's P-U-E-Y-R-R-E-D-O-N. Okay. I'm gonna go with Pueridon. That feels right. But I'm not Argentinian, so just keep that in mind. Um not oh I thought you were. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um so Eduardo was also an industrial engineer. Another reason I'm not convinced he was like in the same league. Uh, or I made a little Ted Lasso reference here. <laughs> I said, I don't know if rugby was really his Danny Rojas football is life story. But um, <laughs> Eduardo had recently gotten married to a woman named Rogelia Posey, which is just really sweet. He seemed to have it pretty good. You know, he got his job. He's a little engineer. He's got his passion. He's got his wife. Like a little life set up for Eduardo. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who haven't seen Ted Lasso, absolutely do it. It's great. <laughs> um, Danny Rojas is one of my favorite characters, and I do have a plant named after him, just so you know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so Eduardo seemingly had it all together, right? But May 5th, 1983 seemed like the worst improbability he could have gotten caught up in. I mean, literally, he plays rugby for fun. He's an industrial engineer, and he's newly married. Like, he's just loving life, you know? He's living the dream. Yeah, And don't forget, at this time, Argentina is still under this militant dictatorship with that AAA group with the extremist views, right? Mm -hmm. So this ends in a few months, but it is still going on in May of 1983. Okay. So someone was a whistleblower, (laughs) assuming that Eduardo must have been part of some of the extreme liberal or liberal neoliberal bullshit that the AAA wanted to get rid of. Any part of that. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know entirely what their criteria was for deciding to get rid of someone, but I know that it had to be involved in what they call liberal or neoliberal activities and beliefs. This group, also, by the way, later on, in case you missed it, the AAA, being this group, ends up rebranding themselves as neo Nazis later on. So I just that. like a little heads up like that's what we're dealing with they're all the same i know (laughs) i know so it's like when
0: i looked it up because i did a quick google search to be like okay what because that's a lot of information and i'm no historian it was like a an extremist group is like fuck the socialists, the communists. this is from Mm -hmm. what i read like very brief overview but it's like you're also the same thing though saying you can't do that but you're doing that yeah stop doing that
1: no, I hate that. <laughs> they don't want to. And they think it's dumb that other people do it because they want to do it.
0: It's like, let me point fingers at somebody else when I'm doing the same thing I'm telling them they can't do.
1: The one thing, this is so cliche and so middle it's school so, oh poster of me. But every time Politics. I think of pointing a finger, I'm like, well, there's three pointing back at you. <gasps> oh, oh. Um, but <laughs> I always like, fuck that. I don't know. All of these. I feel like any extremist political organization is just fucking power hungry. That's all it is. That and like maybe delusional if they really think they're doing something. Oh my
0: God, they're all delusional. I really, I really don't like politics. And we always say like, we're never going to talk about our political opinions or politics or anything because there's, I don't know, a thousand different ways you can go talk about politics and here's not the place we're going to do that. Right. But I think I'm pretty confident in saying far in any direction is is too too far far. (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) babe um yeah no Allie and I we pretty much try to stay out of any of that conversation just because we both fall in a nice little cozy um niche of our own and so we don't like to step on toes because we like to get along with all the people true and we also just
0: like don't like politics or politicians or
1: we were actually People like okay. telling us what to do in case you were wondering when Ali and I say that we're like actual friends outside of this. Before we started this episode, we were talking about God uh-huh. and religion. Then we started playing this, paused it halfway in between, talked about all of our political beliefs and uh-huh. then started playing it again. So it's all just quite fresh. But like, yes, we are not out here looking to like. Take a stance in any political issues. That's not what this is about.
0: No, and you've got plenty of places you can go to, like look for that. Yes, we and have fun just in our little corner outside of that.
1: We like our little true crime sect because it's what we know, it's what we're good at, it's mm-hmm. what we have the most fun with. But, historians. Um, again, I'm trying my best here with all of the Argentina history. I know with I didn't get a degree.
0: Who knows what it meant then, and the yeah. words we use now for it, and
1: all I know is that this group this AAA group the anti-communist allegiance was so incredibly extremist right that their main purpose was getting rid of anything that they believed to be a threat that identified yeah. as left so i don't know if that was like a tint of blue versus you know if you had to be like waving around a, a communist, communist yeah, flag hammer and but um you know i know that they're not into it and that's what they're looking at so someone must have believed Eduardo to be a big enough threat that this was an issue. And who do they call? Not the fucking cops, not the federal government. That's the militant dictatorship going on right now. Mm. They call the man they know was in the Argentina anti-communist allegiance. Mm. Our man, Archimedes. Mm. So someone, whomever this whistleblower was assumed that Eduardo must have had some proof of this, um, but instead of, again, whistleblowing to the disgusting government, they whistleblow to disgusting Archimedes crew. And in fact, when researched deeper, mm-hmm. it looks like this whistleblower may have been, who would have guessed it, Eduardo's own maternal grandmother. Oh, no. Yeah. No, it's bad. No. Um, It was a really long connection that I read. It was like, Eduardo's paternal or like maternal grandfathers it was like the daughter of the mother-in-law of his and I was like okay, you could just say maternal grandmother because that's like (laughs) everything it was like the wife of this guy the daughter of his great-grandmother I'm like that's that's just his fucking grandma anyway (laughs) on the way to work that Tuesday morning on May 5th of 1983 which yes I did look up Eduardo was captured Mm. so here's the problem that we run into here after ricardo it is hard to find information on the specifics of a lot of this okay we know the victim names we know who was kidnapped who died we don't know how all of them were captured we don't know all of the lengths of time so i'm doing my best and so it was difficult again to find any of the same extent that we had for ricardo on eduardo's death if that makes sense i know it's a lot of o's but I'm not entirely sure why, but here's what I've pieced together. Eduardo was kidnapped, and I assume probably in the same manner, especially if he's another one of Alex's friends. Mm -hmm. Like, why not just be like, hey, buddy? Uh, um, I assume he was tied and put in the same bathroom. It worked last time. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't it work this time? And Archimedes decided he was going to chill out a little bit. You know, it worked so well the last time. It's still Mm -hmm. working well. We're not going to stress too much. You know, we're just going to ask for a solid, like, $100,000, Hundred thousand dollars, maybe hundred and fifty thousand dollars, depending on where you look. I figured with the second one, they'd ask for more, right? But he said, I'm an I'm an honest con. Oh I'm my. just trying to make a hard oh day's work." Okay. You know, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so he said, "Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just gonna like bring that down a notch." So the second one was definitely less. Again, I saw reports anywhere between a hundred thousand, a hundred and fifty thousand. I'm assuming some of them account for inflation. Some of them don't. Written in different times. Who the fuck knows? Mm -hmm. So Eduardo's family paid up pretty damn fast. Mm. To my knowledge, it was not very long he was gone. Because
0: they just wanted him back. Yeah,
1: because they just want their fucking kid back. Mm. And it's like you got your money, damn. Right? And so unfortunately, Eduardo had been murdered before the money was even fucking paid. Mm -hmm. They didn't know that, but he was. So they had this quote-unquote proof of life i'm assuming it's another letter written by him right and then they're like okay he's alive here's your money and no he's not he's dead after Mm -hmm. the proof of life um again i did not see any reports on his body or how it was found i'm assuming it was probably another quote-unquote not aimed three execution shots to the head, but you know we don't know who knows So Eduardo's body was then lost for years. Nobody really knew what happened to him beyond Archimedes and crew. Um, And just a little fun fact, if you were curious, Archimedes did make all of the little participants. So his crew, again, this is that Franco and Fernandez, Labora brother pair. There was another man named Roberto Diaz and some of the sons were involved. So Alex was involved. I actually, I believe all three sons were involved, but Guillermo to a lesser extent. Okay. So. and there's, we'll our,
0: there's our Guillermo. I know. And
1: we'll talk about him later. But just so you guys know, like he, it sounds like he was involved kind of on the outskirts, but never actually in like the nitty gritty of it all, sure. if you will. Mm-hmm. So Archimedes decided that all of his little boys, his little crew, um, were going to make a little blood pact. They wanted a vow of silence. Mm. And also um, they knew it would only go to dark places if somebody spoke. So they said, everybody, nobody says a damn thing. Mm. And they all split their like, slit their little palm, made like a little blood pact. And like uh, this is a very strange niche variation of boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. But boys will be, like, are you fucking kidding me? A blood pact? Uh-huh. That's what we're doing right mm-hmm, now. OK. OK. It's like you can't break a pinky promise. Like, I know, right? <laughs> You gave yourself a paper cut. You can't break our blood. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh my God. So the one thing that I thought was interesting and actually kind of giving credit where credit is due here is that they said, um, any of the deaths that they caused belong to everyone, which honestly it did. Like you can't go into the police station and say, yeah, I did it, but I didn't do it. Right. Those deaths do belong to everyone in that pact. And so for that, I'm like, you know what? At least they got that going for them. Like,
0: yeah, if one of if one of the dominoes fall, you all do.
1: Yep. Well, and I think this whole idea of a valve silence was just them saying, like, listen, you all chose to participate in this. If you get caught, snitches get stitches. Yep. But at the same time, it's like, actually that was kind of ethically correct. This is on like, all of no, you. You know, it really is all of your fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all of you guys. Congrats, you did it. So we're gonna move on to the third victim, Amelia Nome. And this is a fascinating one, actually. Truly. I thought it was wild okay so Emilio um is fascinating because literally nothing happened Emilio was kidnapped in June of 1984 okay so we are just out of this militant dictatorship starting to get our footing on civilian rule in Argentina um in terms of like the political climate and I'm sure they're like yeah shit's probably calming down in a second we might as well get another one in while we can right oh god um but here's the thing. Archimedes had already met Emilio. Um, This is really sad, but him and his wife owned a business, like, in the same area. So I'm sure they knew each other. Like, they were probably friends, even. Mm-hmm. Like, this is me and the wife and the kids. Hey to you and your wife and kids and your business. Like, this is our business. I'll wave like,
0: to you while you're sweeping the yeah. steps for the hundredth time this morning.
1: Weird ass. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. But, like, mutuals on yeah. some level. right? And so the original plan was to wave down Emilio and just to get closer to the Puccio home. Mm -hmm. I assume they probably would have done some like fake asking for a ride. Like, Hey, can you take me home friend? Um, we'll never know though, because as soon as they got into the car, it was made clear that it was a trap, right? It was Archimedes and two of his friends and the friends grabbed Emilio. And, um, immediately he starts resisting. He's like, the fuck you are like, (laughs) try, Mm -hmm. try to get me, try. And so as he's resisting, one of the men accidentally shoots him straight in the chest. Oh, God. And they panic. They're like, well, things are getting better now. So we know someone's going to come look at this. Um, and people would soon be on our trails. So they literally, literally just left his body in the fucking street
0: what? and fled.
1: That's it. Are you it. kidding me? No, no, that's all. They They shot him and left him in the street. And I'm sure they took his car. Oh, God. Right? And they were like, oh, damn, can't get any money from him now. That was so pointless. The fucking disregard for life. They're all pointless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this was just like, oh, oops. His son played fucking national rugby. You don't think you're getting enough money from that? Oh, my God. Are you fucking ki- Anyway, so the last victim, in my opinion, while the luckiest, objectively, faced some of the darkest shit. Hmm. And while Ricardo Manukian was held for maybe like a week and a half and Eduardo Ode was held for a small amount of time as well. And, you know, Emilio wasn't held at all. He was just shot and left. Um, Nelita Bellini de Prado wasn't killed, but held for over a month in the Puccio basement. Ooh! And this is where shit gets really twisted. This is where the screaming comes. I assume so. Um, so obviously we go through the whole charade I don't know how she was kidnapped this is one that I did not know Um, I tried to look for it I really genuinely did I looked in all sorts of different articles you can go through all my sources if you know it please tell me I'd love to be able to tell you guys how she got kidnapped but she gets kidnapped and this is
0: the first female victim correct oh
1: and the Men, you know, Archimedes and crew call her children demanding something like one hundred and eighty five thousand dollars for her release.
0: They just picked these random yep.
1: numbers. Yep. Actually, if I'm being honest with you, I saw one hundred and eighty six thousand dollars and I was like, what the fuck? What so it's a John
0: JonBenet Ramsey fucking ransom
1: note. I know. Well, I don't know if anybody got a bonus for one hundred and eighty five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so the arrest. We're going to get to the good part. We're just going to leave here that Nalita was kidnapped for a month. And we're going to get into some of the weird twisty stuff and all of the Nalita information comes out. Okay. 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 So we're going to skip forward we're to gonna August. We're going to a pin there. Yes. Gotcha. We're going to fast forward to August 23rd of 1985. Okay. So are we forward a year? Um. Yes. We're in 1985. So that's fast forward a year from Emilio. But Nalita was held for like a month. So she was in 1985. It's not like she was there the whole time. Okay. Okay. So the good part. On August Mm -hmm. 23rd, 1985, 12 fucking police cars surround the block that Archimedes lives on. Like the whole ass block. Like there's no getting out of it. Mm -hmm. They send 40 officials to break into his house at like 7 p.m. Like, you want to talk about neighbors watching from your window? Imagine being, like, dressed up in your robe looking at that shit. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, I knew there was something off about that fucker sweeping his steps. <laughs> oh, my God. So when the invasion happened, Annie Puccio family members were kept in one room and Alita was kept in another. Sylvia came home from teaching an art class. And what stuck out to the judge was that in the reports of the investigation... As the different kids came home, as different people were set aside in this room with the rest of them, nobody was stressed. Nobody cried. Nobody asked who Nalita was or what happened or what was going on. They all silently sat in a room together. Okay. Yeah. It's fucking weird. And something that really struck me about the recounting of this investigation was the discrepancy noted between the floors of the home. So if we think about it like a townhouse that instead of going up in levels it kind of goes down so it's almost like they build into the ground Mm -hmm. they have the ground first floor which is like where all the shops are there's a couple of bedrooms for family members on like kind of in the back hallways of the first floor but not like open to people Mm -hmm. Um, and then they have a couple of other rooms that they do smaller businesses out of Mm -hmm. and then if you go downstairs that's the ground floor and then there's another basement from that Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, but it like goes down. And on this first floor where people would walk into like the store and like even just the detailing behind the store. So where it's not the front where people are around and seeing things and having this curated experience, mm-hmm. whatever it's going to be. um, It's beautiful. There's velvety chairs, mahogany tables. There's like French influences everywhere. And it's like gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, If we're thinking about, like, nice, famous rugby guy, like, that probably lines up with a lot of what you're thinking in terms of economic status for people like that. Um, But then you go downstairs. And the actual, like, first floor of the family homes, that first, like, underneath layer. Mm -hmm. um, Shit. Bad. Oh, okay. Like... Pretty much the cheapest shit you can get anywhere. it mm-hmm. looked like styrofoam walls. There was like a double bed and a dresser in the master bedroom mm-hmm. um and like nothing else, like not even like storage for clothes, no storage for shoes, just like shoes thrown in the closet, stuff wherever you can put it, that kind of thing mm-hmm. and that's for like the rest of the family and then the dresser in that master bedroom mm-hmm. the only other piece of furniture there mm-hmm. is on wheels. Okay. Um and those wheels are used because that dresser covers up the door to the extra basement room. Oh god, there's a trap door. Uh-huh. <gasps> um the wife Epiphania says she had no idea it existed. I find that hard to believe, but she says she has no idea it mm, existed.
0: Okay. You didn't look at the floor
1: plan of your house when Okay. Mm. Well, they built it. So they had That's w- worse. <laughs> yep. So they had the first floor And then she said they added on the bottom too, and like the court manuscript. But she said she didn't. So backwards. How do you have a house and be like, you know what? Let's go down under the house. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. No. It was wild.
0: Additions go like. Or I wonder if
1: they had like part of the basement and went out or something. I don't know. But they did. It wasn't all there when they bought it. Ah. And so I guess this extra quote unquote basement room was part of that. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I don't fucking know. Like it was. built, and I was like, how do you not fucking know? Like you spend Mm -hmm. your whole life there. Anyway. Okay. So. Wild. This whole contrast. Mm -hmm. Just fucking wild. Um, When it came time for court. Archimedes wife and matron of the family Epiphania reported how poor her marriage was like this was pretty much the first thing they're asking about like how Mm -hmm. close are you and Archimedes and she said it was fucking bad like they would go days without talking she felt like he leveraged and used power over her Um, I did think this was kind of funny Um, not because it's really intense but just in terms of like this compared to what Archimedes has been doing like funny to me she was like he uses power over me and he says I can't smoke around him oh <laughs> and I'm like girly he's out here murkin' people I, I think you can just like smoke outside that's fine
0: oh my god but S- it did make me laugh window. a little bit okay. I was like okay <laughs> oh <my laughs> all right
1: god. again not really on par with him hiding or not you know his victims but hey we each our things <laughs> she also called him selfish and extremely authoritarian no no yeah literally (laughs) you don't say and so things weren't always so hard early on in their marriage epiphania says that archimedes was an accountant for the former leader of the country peron and again once again i am an armchair historian i know fucking nothing this is just a little brief over from what i understand Mm -hmm. but from what i understand peron who was like the last Leader of Argentina before this militant dictatorship mm-hmm. was pretty well loved. Um, by whom? I don't know. Again, he was a former, it looks like, accountant. Yeah, Archimedes was an accountant for Peron. And so does that mean that he was well loved by all of the people who were in support of the militant dictatorship? I don't know. Or if, like, that's sort of the side of things that his Mm -hmm. supporters fell on. I'm not sure. But I know that he, in, like, a lot of things I did read, he was well known and liked, pretty much. Okay. So, I understand from that little bit that his death is what led to the Dirty War. If not, like... A B then it was the catalyst for the events that led to it mm-hmm. and during his life Archimedes was the economic advisor for Peron's leadership and actually had been given like special spots he was the diplomatic courier for Europe and Madrid and Epifania recounted actually having like dedicated her life to her children and her work as a teacher since that marriage had deteriorated so bad she was like I'm either she was either unable or unwilling to get a divorce
0: which so she I'm just not kind of sure made her own
1: life within yeah. their
0: marriage. Okay. So
1: she was like, "Fuck it. I'm not that happy here, but there are other things in my life that make me happy. I love my kids. I love my job. I like the businesses that we're doing." So she just poured yeah. it all into that. Gotcha. Yeah. And you know what? I kind of get that. If you're not going to Be able to or you're not going to let yourself get a divorce and out of a commitment like that. I think that's kind of the healthiest way to go about it. just commit to other things. Yeah. You just make your purpose and meaning for the things that are not your immediate partnership. I think that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. But still does not leave a great taste in my mouth that she fucking sat in this home while all of these things happened and is claiming she knew nothing. Right. Whether or not she did, I don't know. But I don't know. And I don't buy it right now. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> um, Epiphania decides decides that she is just going to, you know, plead not guilty. She denies any involvement. Basically, she said the only time she saw Archimedes go down to the cellar was to collect wine for gatherings. And like he did that normally, but it wasn't like crazy amounts of time. And the cellar was just the like downstairs.
0: The one he, that just had the bed and the dresser. Yes. OK. Oh,
1: no, 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 no. Um, the cellar was the basement basements so that okay. was attached to the master bedroom. But she's saying she didn't know that
0: that existed. Mm-hmm. But then she's saying, oh, I knew it existed when he went to get wine. Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't make sense. Correct. None okay. of this makes sense. OK. By the way. So
1: you lying. OK. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, Why are gotcha, gotcha? you always lying? Um, <laughs> yeah. So then. Again, she's saying like, you know, maybe he went downstairs to like get wine or whatever for parties, but it was never that long and he had tools in there and like, it, yeah, he went down there. He never forbade anyone from going down there, but it's not like we really had anything to do in there. Mm-hmm. As far as she says, she knows it's just a fucking storage space. And pretty much all for his stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So Archimedes in his testimony does confirm how strange the marriage was. That is truth 100% mm-hmm. not for nothing too um, but this failure stated that it was all due to political differences and once That's again rich yeah well normally that wouldn't bother me because politics is going to be fucking politics the concern is that it's fucking Argentina and this whole ass time it's about political differences with full-on death squads that this man is goddamn a part of. So if he's saying that we're having political differences then his wife would have been the enemy. Yeah. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? That's how you're going to try to play this? Like, that's the mother of your children. Okay. You're going to put this in court on, like, written word? You're going to do that? That she disagreed. Yep. Yeah, you just put a hit on her. Nice job. Literally. Mm-kay. So I fucking hate that. As far as I know, she was not killed but like you're taking a big ass chance there so but his testimony otherwise was full of contradictions riddled with holes but mostly full of contradictions between him and epiphania and despite any effort of deny 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 he also stated that he was pressured and threatened into kidnapping nalita for political affairs so he was like no no, no i had nothing to do with it but if i did it was only because i was you know, strong-armed into doing it by another political faction. No, okay. But I had nothing to do with it, but if I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, And so, according to Archimedes, these men, like, came up and found him, and they were like, we know who you are, like, we need to get rid of this Nalita lady. Um, And apparently they said that she had a funeral home that, quote-unquote, buried the disappeared. Yeah. Which? Uckies. Uckies, but, like, not for nothing, of fucking made this, but is the whole point of his job in the AAA not to be the one that gets rid of the disappeared people? Mm. Wouldn't he not, like, wouldn't he know this? Mm. If she has a funeral home that buries the disappeared, that's probably where he fucking took the disappeared. Mm. Just saying. Just saying. So he was like, "That's my two cents." Lit- I'm I don't buy any of it. So, Damn. Part of the court proceedings also saw Epiphania's diary, which kind of makes me laugh because most of the women in this family had like a dedicated daily diary. Which, girl, the commitment I could not. I
0: don't. I tried when I was like twelve. Yeah and it was just like this boy said this to me and then I was like I'm bored and we had like this for dinner and then I forgot like the next yep. three days I was like so sorry to catch you back up this is what I yes. this is what happened <laughs>
1: was so I, have, I quit I literally do that like <sighs> once a year I'm like I'm gonna start journaling again and then I'll journal yeah. and I'm like I'm bored <laughs>
0: I'm like I didn't I don't have anything to write
1: I'm I know gonna, what I did doodle. today yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway um this diary from Epiphania um Kind of makes me terribly sad. I'll be honest. Her life was little. It was her own, but it was little. Mm. And she was obsessed with her weight. She write down things like gaining as minute as like grams every ah. day. Yeah. And I'm like, girly, you're OK. Oh, that's not healthy. No. No. And it also did help corroborate the poor marriage. I mean, both her and Archimedes said it at that point. But it would have passages about Archimedes losing his temper. And like sometimes he'd throw a fit at dinner and she would write like, I just shut up to get it over with. Mm. And I'm like, oh, babe. So Epiphania finished her interviews calmly. I thought it was funny that they mentioned that she was drinking water because I'm like, she's allowed to hydrate. Um, Oh, my God. But also she would describe her family and. Honestly, like other than all of the shady ass shit going on, they did seem like a pretty typical family. You know, you have personalities that butt heads. Alex and Archimedes weren't always the best of friends. Guillermo was sweet and soft. Silvio was a good art teacher. Um, the youngest was basically just being a tween, like figuring out who she wants to be, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a normal family plus right. kidnapping and murder. Right. Which is wild. And so when it came time to interview the only surviving victim, Nalita, she was a fucking mess as is her right, but a fucking mess. But that is specifically in the words of the woman who interviewed her, like the police, whoever the police equivalent is in Argentina at this time. Okay. Um, She's recounting that. So that is not my own words, but that is what she said. But she basically says immediately upon getting out of the car after she was kidnapped it felt like some kind of animal was like scratching and nipping at her legs
0: okay i assume
1: it was like a dog or some shit but that's never explained um
0: oh no it was a trash panda
1: oh no oh i think raccoons are so cute i do oh, too i really want one but uh,
0: <laughs> then. Right, not the time not the time sorry
1: then so she gets out of this car. She's like, fuck, there's an animal here. Um, and she gets taken to her basement or the basement.
0: Mm. You know,
1: she has to go down a set of stairs and she has to go down another set of stairs. Like creepy as shit. Right. Uh, yeah. And so when she's taken down to this basement, she's chained to the bed. Oh, no. Her head cover is removed and they brought her a bucket to relieve herself. Oh, no. Um. A, there is nothing. In my opinion, more degrading to a victim than giving a bucket to piss in. That. Let her use a fucking toilet. If you're anticipating on returning somebody. Well, were they? Let them use a fucking toilet. Even if not, that's just decency. Oh, of course, that's decency. But these people are not. They're depressed. They don't have decency. But it's just like, come on. You're really going to let her get like a fucking ring indent every time she has to rock a piss, we do rock that? a piss. <laughs> that's horrible yeah um and by the way i think i m- didn't put it in here later because i thought it was a little crude but like at some point they literally take away the bucket and just have her start doing her business on a piece of paper and throwing it out because it was easier to explain to the neighbors What the fuck? Like a piddle pad? Pretty much. She's a human. Yeah. That's for a puppy. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So. Oh,
0: they're all so bad. Fucked up.
1: And honestly, she said, like, the chain that was on the bed was, like, wearing at the covers and all of that so she would like use anything she could at night Aww. but it was also stifling during the day because it's fucking argentina in august right like <laughs> and i'm sure it's not like air conditioned down there yeah and so archimedes stated that he always cooked in the basement so like of course Epifania wouldn't know i cooked in the basement she wouldn't know mm. um and that he would only bring her like noodles or rice or things that had no smell well that's not what nalita remembers she recalls being served many things like dry steak actually she said the steak was so dry she couldn't eat it which i thought was funny um she i know (laughs) she got chicken supreme which i don't know what that is but sounds supreme um hamburgers pizza ravioli chicken rice and zucchini like lots of yummy smelly things Mm. brought to her room um nalita also said that in the mornings like between one thirty and 2 a.m in the mornings the family would come down to give her breakfast
0: like all all of them
1: not all of them but i think at different points different, different versions people. okay sorry versions. I just, when you said yeah. i
0: know when you said the family i thought it was like <laughs> a field trip <laughs>
1: I know and I could just see it in my head like all of them kind of squishing down the hallway like, like hey you <laughs> brought you something good
0: morning queenie like I wish someone could have got her some asparagus I know she could have had like smelly pee oh, so good and then they would have had to deal with it like I'm just thinking anything to make it worse for the yeah. family who was literally kidnapping and trapping yeah. this poor woman yeah like I just, I hope that there were, like, little digs that she could get at them. Yeah. While, she, I don't know.
1: Um. Ideally, like, I'd be like, oh, my gosh. They'd be like, do you have any allergies? And I'd be like, no, I'm particularly easy on gluten and dairy. Yeah. I process those the best. You should really bring those down. Yeah, and seriously. then regardless of how it goes, I'm going to win. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Anyway. um. <laughs> so. No, Lita recounts all of this and honestly like fucking brave bitch because as we see from the other three victims she was not intended to live
0: of course not they
1: burst in like at the right moment for her thank god and so she's recounting all of this in court she also had to recount it the day they found her like in their house Mm. which again this is they didn't remove her no they had her they removed her from the room but they put her in a different room in the house
0: uh no get her to safety please yep and that's like again And I know they have different rules like I can't speak for another country and they yeah same but I'm like
1: come on like we're really just gonna let her sit here in the same place that they like I didn't read any accounts of sexual assault but at the same time you, there doesn't have to be sexual assault for someone to be totally traumatized in this shit there
0: also doesn't have to be reported sexual assault for there to have been sexual assault only half of them get reported chained to a bed Yep. like that's where my mind went same but i don't know i'm trying to like remember that we're not talking about somewhere like Mm -hmm. home where like their police system would be the same as us or like right. even political the standards systems, of like,
1: operations like all we're talking them. about
0: parties like i don't know what those equate to it right. that could be nothing like what you or i know it could be beliefs that you know we right. don't really ha- i don't know like i just think that there's I, I have to keep checking that box in my mind that like, like we're this yeah abroad. yeah we're far away
1: but it's one of those to me that's like come like We don't have to have the exact same standards of operations, but it doesn't take a brain surgeon to realize that maybe this person that has been held here against their will for a month doesn't want to be here a second longer.
0: Like, maybe you should... I don't know. And if she's been there a month, and she's been held underground in a place where i'm sure isn't well ventilated mm-hmm. that is probably severely humid being fed whatever it is that they'll give her now it sounds like she had quite the variety but mm-hmm. was that once a day and right we don't having know. to relieve herself on the floor
1: on paper can At we get
0: her to the hospital please yep.
1: get some of that shit checked out can we
0: make sure that she's well before you ask her like can- can we get her some water please yeah. and maybe some new clothes before you start interrogating her? Literally. I understand the need to like ask questions and know what happened. Right, and I, yeah. and immediately, like I but I think maybe could 10 minutes be spared? Yep. That's, I think so. That's all I'm um, wondering.
1: Even, you know what, 15, 20, let her take a fucking shower. Like my god. And granted, she did have a shower. Um it wasn't great in Actually, she said she knew whoever was there before, which would have been Eduardo, Mm. um, had to be there roughly around the same time when she was given a new bar of soap because hers had worn down to the same point as the other one. They literally didn't do anything in between these victims. Mm. They didn't like pick up. They didn't clean. They didn't like it's not like you're walking into a hotel room with a made bed. It's used sheets and used towels and half used bars of soap
0: from the last victim. Yes. And you're like, that has to to be like that person
1: good kick yeah, you know where what i are mean they, then and so she said that was like two weeks in she was like i was given a new bar of soap so i knew whoever was here last had to have been here about that long oh, God. um and she finally at one point was like can i just get a fucking new towel because this towel is gross and like scratchy and old and used and dirty and i can you i just want a fresh towel mm-hmm. like f- fuck like <laughs> mm-hmm. and guillermo is the one that was like I'll check and like went and asked and of course she says she hears in a distance Archimedes screaming like there's nothing fucking else and so Guillermo comes back down he's like I'm gonna wash it for you but he just grabs it and he washes it and brings it back and I'm like
0: buddy now do we know how old the sons are
1: um roughly they're older
0: like adults or teens
1: I would say late teens to early adulthood okay so
0: Guillermo wasn't like 12 or is no he like not the, like no, cause the daughter's like the baby yeah. baby okay so
1: so he's, he's probably like he could have he's old enough he could have reported it
0: but who knows corru- you know what i mean right. like you never know with corruption and things like that like would that have just gotten him killed
1: exactly well and what wonder. what i think about too is like his dad is prominent mm-hmm He is in the fucking death squad. His brother's prominent because everybody loves him. Right. Yeah. And he's probably stuck in the middle. Like, do I take a chance on a new, like a newly put together civilian rule Argentinian, like government style Mm -hmm. after the dictatorship was ended? Which, by the way, most of this happened during the dictatorship. So was he supposed to, like, call the crazy people? Mm -hmm. And then... On top of it all, his dad was like the fucking worst of the crazy people because he was the one that's like, oh, yeah, you're going to kill him. I don't mind getting rid of him. Don't worry about it. Call Mm -hmm. me. Good old Archimedes Mm -hmm. on the line. And so. Apparently, he did a really good job at hiding a lot of this really disgusting personality, Archimedes, because even like his daughter, Sylvia, refused to believe that he did any of this of his own volition. When he okay. said like the political people story that they twisted his arm into it, she was like that's what it that what it, that's what it was. Like that cognitive dissonance was so strong. Mm. And so Back to Nelita, she says that in the mornings, again, that between one thirty and 2, they'd bring her breakfast. And again, it was typically Guillermo who would bring whatever was in the kitchen for breakfast. So from what I understand, like his role in this was very like caretaker to the victim, hmm. which is kind of fascinating if you think about it. Um, Has to be a really fucked up thing to have to work through in therapy, but mm-hmm. fascinating as a role to like be assigned in terms of this sort of crazy messed up dynamic right and so nalita said there was a day that it was cloudy it was either the last day or the day before the last day and they gave her tea and cookies and they would do that from time to time i honestly think that must be like commonality in argentina because at one point in one of the various articles i read it talked about the judge having tea and cookies too Mm -hmm. so i didn't think there was like culturally
0: like yeah yeah, like common and
1: yeah any significance really to it Mm -hmm. other than and this is not said anywhere in it so this is all speculation but nalita did say that she thought they wanted to put her to sleep which made me think that they were putting sleeping meds in the tea oh or like either they had been doing it before or something like that yeah so it was a cloudy day and she said no they probably just want me to like shut up and be quiet for the full day or whatever Mm. um And she just poured it out little by little like she didn't drink it. I was like, queen, absolute queenie. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't want to do it. You make it look like it's going. But shrewd. So back in court, Epiphania said a whole lot with a whole little to back it up. Mm. As they all did pretty much. And between these endless contradictions between if she knew Archimedes friends, which she said she didn't. And of course, neighbors were like, we literally saw you with Fernandez talking like old buddies on the street every other fucking day. Yeah. Like Fernandez was at that house. So much neighbors reported believing that he lived there.
0: Yeah. So please don't say mm-hmm. you didn't know.
1: Or like you didn't know him. Like the very right. base. Like you don't fucking know him. He's at your house every damn day
0: like she knew something was going on but maybe she was smart enough not to ask
1: right i'm sure that honestly but she knew something was going on especially if your husband's doing shit like that Mm -hmm. i feel like you get really good at the don't ask don't tell Mm -hmm. but um there were also testimonies between epiphania and archimedes alone that were enough to see like more of the issues that were going on sylvia allegedly knew what was going on and again this is all very allegedly um, there was one witness one who said they would testify to seeing Sylvia go down into the basement one time and it was to get tools for like a clay class that they were going to or something because mm-hmm. Sylvia is the artist mm-hmm. um, and again she taught but she also would like do it for fun. And so and she's the older daughter. Yes. Okay. And come court though this singular witness denied everything.
0: Mm, which literally
1: saved sylvia's ass like if it weren't for that she would have been indicted and arrested and charged with the rest of them wow and the youngest daughter by the way was not old enough to be charged i don't know if she was technically a juvenile or if they just decided that she was too young to really understand what was going on Mm -hmm. but even though they believed she knew what was happening they didn't think she knew the extent of it or the morality of it or something like that okay so sylvia getting her ass saved by this witness who said they saw it and then recounted it I just want to say it would be really hard I've looked at the layouts we'll put them on Instagram it would be really hard to go down into that basement and to not know that was happening but nothing in this witness account said that it was during the month that Nalita was held mm-hmm. it was also not stated whether or not it was while any of the other victims were there which again Nalita was there for much longer than the rest of them hmm and there's nothing to say that even if she did go down and for some reason maybe she had her fucking horse blinders on that she even knew she was there. There's no evidence of that. It's just she went down to the basement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so for that, I'll say, Sylvia, I do have a sliver of doubt in my mind that she might have not known. OK. Um, same with the youngest child. None of the boys. All the boys knew.
0: Yeah. And they all took an active role in it.
1: Yeah. And so... On November 8th of 1985, Alex Puccio, the son, tried to take his own life by jumping out of a five-story window. He did survive, so just so you guys know, um, but he had serious health complications due to it. The youngest brother, Guillermo, um, actually left the country before the police even came. Oh, okay. Um. They say that he, quote unquote, evaded justice by leaving the country, but not for nothing. It just kind of sounds like his family was fucked up and he yeeted himself out of there. Mm. And I don't blame him, Mm -hmm. especially like all of the accounts I've heard from Archimedes, from the different journals that I've read, the different articles. They all only ever paint him in a light that's taking care of the people there. Mm. Which to me, I'm like, is that his way of trying to undo
0: Trying to right like, some of the wrongs, yeah, yeah,
1: to try to help make up for some of the shit. Oh my god, shit. it's
0: fully like Guillermo. And, yeah, no, literally. You know Babadu what I mean? I'm like,
1: no, He's actually, that's kind one of a good. <laughs> up
0: and oh my god, Guillermo. So
1: he left the country, so he um, actually will never be tried for this because it is past the statute of limitations. Um, damn. Okay. Yeah. So did he go
0: back, or we don't know where he is?
1: I'm not sure. He was technically considered a fugitive for 13 years, Ooh. but that's when the statute of limitations was up 13 years yeah so he could have gone back Spooky. I know well to be fair I don't know if he technically was considered a fugitive like after everybody was charged Mm. and maybe it's like 15 years or something like that and courts take time I don't know but it was 13 years that he was a fugitive and now he is free to go back I don't know if he is nobody knows where he is but he could okay um something worth mentioning That Sylvia fully believed in Archimedes. He -hmm. said he did everything for them. She bought it. And she has interviews out there now even being like, yeah, my friends were like, you seriously buy that? And I'd be like, yep. Like she bought it. But then when everything came out about the Puccio involvement in the other three kidnappings and murders, Mm -hmm. she finally she was like, fuck it. Fuck this like wow. this is shit and so when that news broke Archimedes called her and she literally he was like I just want to talk and she literally was like do not call me you're dead to me and hung up wow
0: so she fully believed that yeah it was all fake and like either fake or, or his. to yeah. do it yeah
1: if he did anything he did it for them and he did it out of the goodness of his heart and like and then she, she found out
0: he was actually a murderer fully
1: believed it and like I feel so much for her because what must it be like to put your ass on the line Mm -hmm. for this horrid human who you just believe in because Mm -hmm. it's your dad and like has loved you for your life. Yeah. And then you find out that they do all this shit. Like, and then you probably also have very fond memories
0: of who has probably been a good man in your eyes for your life, or at least not a bad one. Right.
1: And I think like, this is a perfect example of when we talk about family members and like kids being secondary victims. You don't have to be the one to have this shit happen to you to be seriously affected by it. Of course. And for her to like not only get up on stand in court and say this shit, but to believe it, to stick up for him in front of her friends to like mm-hmm. fully take this on and then have it be like, oh, yeah, he also killed three people. Two of them were your brother's friend. Mm-hmm. Like. I'm glad she called and she was like, You're dead to me and hung up. Yeah. And I was like, Get it, queen, like snaps for Sylvia. So <laughs> <laughs> Um Other things to keep in mind here. Epiphania did get sentenced, I believe, to like two years. It was almost nothing. Oh, okay. Um Uh there's a lot of debate on her, and we'll talk about it in a second, but I just want to get through the rest of the sentencings. Um Archimedes still contended that he was pressured from political forces and that it was not of his own hand that he did these things Mm, in December of 1985. He was sentenced to life in prison. Um, But y'all know that life in prison is never life in prison. So it took 24 years, but 24 years later he was released on conditional bail. Okay. While he was in prison during that 24 years, he converted to evangelicalism and started to earn his law degree. So by oh. the time he was released conditionally, some 24 years later, after 1985, he ends up becoming a lawyer. You're shitting me. I'm not. He literally like disregards his whole family. He becomes a lawyer. He moves to a retirement community with a quote unquote much younger woman.
0: OK, so he's not with nope her anymore. OK. nope. Is it Epiphania? Epiphania. OK. So they divorced in this time. Or not. And all she didn't want to do was get divorced. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> Who knows? Oh, no. Um, and then as he's in this retirement, you know, place, he dies on May 4th, 2013 of a stroke. Oh, shit. Yep. So he got to live out his fucking days as an old man with a beautiful, hot, young thing and a lot of money. What a dick. Yep. You want to talk about injustice. So if it does help, and I think it should, after his stroke... Nobody claimed Archimedes' body. And in not fact... The kids either. Nope. Okay. Nobody. Not one person. And according to Perfil, which to my knowledge is an Argentinian news network, nobody has even left a single fucking flower on his grave. Yeah. Good. That makes me feel a little better. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you got out of prison early and then got a bunch of money and fucked a bunch of people and then just like lived your days out in a retirement country. Put
0: a piddle pad on his So gravestone. fucking glad.
1: Not a damn thing. Yes, that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Mm, miss you so much. Not like <laughs> I think it's what the fuck that he just right? got out, you know? And Alejandro Alex was also given a life sentence, but he was paroled in two thousand seven, and he also had health issues from jumping. Right. Okay. Um, but he had other health issues, and actually, died really early, um, at age forty nine of pneumonia. Ooh. and keep in mind so that's very young a lot of these kids died young so he died in 2007 sylvia passed in 2011 i believe she had cancer oh. like there was just a lot going on and granted i don't know health codes in fucking argentina i don't know if they have lead paint but like mm. Clearly something was going on because none of those kids lived very long.
0: He outlived a lot of them. Oh, he
1: like. double lived most of them. Oof. Um, That's not fair. I don't know if that's true, but it was damn close. Double lived. <laughs> double lived. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you meant. <laughs> I think he passed at like 89. Like he lived a good long time. God damn it. I know. That's what they mean when they say the good die young. This bastard lived forever. So... <laughs> Seriously. That is the story of the Puccio clan, and it's fucked up.
0: Poor Nalita. I know. And so were they just waiting for the payout?
1: I believe so, yeah. It was $186,000 from now, her do kids.
0: We, do we know, like, who she was? Like, was she prominent? Just, like, her family owned a little business like across the street, basically?
1: Her, She was the funeral um, homeowner who got rid of the disappeared people. Okay. Which is why I'm like bull fucking shit that somebody else strong-armed you into that and then just like enlightened you with this information because his whole business was getting rid of disappeared people. You're not going to know the the funeral home in town that does that. You're telling me that. So we think Nalita might be um, naughty. I think she probably is. Okay. I think that it sounds like Argentina was in a time of a lot of political turmoil. And And if you were just the family that happened to have a funeral home, they might have said you're doing this. Yeah. And similar, you know, again, that. Argentina anti-communism allegiance later became neo-Nazis. If we want to make a very direct comparison to the fucking Holocaust, we know what mob mentality does to your brain. Mm -hmm. Like you are going to be like that person's doing the thing you're telling me to report on. Mm -hmm. They're doing it. So like if she did one thing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We have grandparents reporting on their own kid, like grandkids. Yeah. Like we know that some shit was going on here. Mm -hmm. So my thought is honestly, probably she just pissed off the wrong person. Um, And either was made
0: wound up on a list.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And she was either made to make those things happen at her funeral home or decided to comply for some reason. Or maybe she even fully fucking believed it. Mm. I don't know. But what I do know is that regardless, justice should happen. But it does not take place in the basement of this fucker's house. You know? Correct. So if she was strong-armed into having a funeral home that did some of those things my condolences and like I want to give her a hug and I want to give her a hug anyway but like I really want to give her a hug if she believed in those things we're allowed to live and learn but we're also allowed to like have to face justice for what we've done and not again this way this is not justice this is just a fucker with a vendetta and who wants money That's that's it so bad and it just makes me sad like the things that I found super interesting about this case really included a the whole, like, do they, don't they of the woman in the family knowing. Mm-hmm. Do they, don't they? We don't know. Um, One of the judges actually was like, there's no fucking way. She was the one cooking. Like, people are taking plates of food down to the basement. That doesn't seem weird to you. Like, mm-hmm. you've got an extra dish to do every night and every morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I think you'd figure that out pretty fucking fast. Sure. That and also, like, Now there's multiple kids going down and there's people up at weird hours. Oh, and the other thing that I didn't even say, Nalita said they had the music on so loud. They had this like radio on that they would blast so that she couldn't hear anybody else. And I presume that they couldn't hear her. Mm -hmm. But like so loud, she had to ask them to turn it down so she could sleep. So like loud. And you're going to tell me that none of that adds up to like something fishy as hell going on in your home. Yeah, I don't like it. And you're going to sleep on the other side of the wall.
0: I don't like
1: it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting about this case is that Archimedes has this weird dichotomy between, like, evil fucker and taking care of his kids. Because in all of this, he refuses to let any of his children pull trigger on someone. They The kids did not kill anyone. It was like a weird protection, but still involving them in his shit.
0: But, like, was he the one pulling the trigger?
1: It was usually Fernandez, sounds like.
0: But he still exposed them to yeah. all of it. So it's, like... So it was, like... He, he also, f- like, fucked right off and yep. left once he got out of prison and it's so left them. Strange. So it's, like, love you kids so much, except I don't. I'm going to be over here now with my right. hot little
1: thing. All right. And I got all my lawyer fees, so mm-hmm. I'm doing well. Yeah. Um, But it just, like, it pisses me off because... He's not protecting them if he's still having it around. But he has this weird ass idea in his head, I think, that it's like, okay, if I show them what the world is like, then it's fine. But then they're not doing the thing. And like the girls, Sylvia, like, stuck up for him. I don't believe that she knew that shit. She said he was dead to her when she found out. Like, it's such a weird mix of like, that's dad. And also, oh, yeah, that's the killer
0: oh yeah i don't know i don't i just looked up photos of them and they just they look like anybody
1: isn't that the worst part it's uh, they're so fucking normal you know
0: you we always say like you think you could tell
1: yeah no this they're is just one like,
0: an attractive family that's it Yeah.
1: it's one great example of like could be your next door neighbor ugh. so if i loud music your neighbors blast music and sweep their porch a hundred times a day. And are dumping like buckets out of a window. And that seems weird to you. Call it's cause it is. the police. Wow. Well, that was a good one. That was different. Yeah. It was a really good recommendation. And I liked getting to like kind of dive into the whole dysfunctional family unit thing. Yeah, well, that was good.
0: Thank you. Very lovely listener for recommending the case. Yes. We loved it. I, I like doing case recommendations. You guys can send love some them. more. I love
1: Yeah. Send them in. You can send them to our DMs. Sometimes we have like an open, um, box on our Instagram story, which if you wanted to like go check out, let me tell you how to do that. You can take out your phone Mm -hmm. and or an internet browser of your choosing. Then you would go into that little search bubble. And in that you would put about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. Then after that, you would look at our little page, um, click on it and then you can look at our stories. You can look at our highlights. We always have posts of the people, places, and things we're talking about. Um, and if you need it spelled out for you, don't worry. I didn't forget. It's, (gasps) A B O U T, period T I M E, period F O R, period T R U E, period C R I M E, period P O D, because podcast was too long. And if that was a bunch of mumbo jumbo, it is in the show notes. Don't you worry. Of course it is. Do you want to know what else is in the show notes? What else? Our email address (gasps) that you could certainly send us a little email at. So our
0: email address is about time, the number four t c at gmail dot com so that is a b o u t t i m e numeric four t c at gmail dot com we would love to hear from you we'd love to get your pod pets and the cute little names you call them oh yes and please. your case recommendations or just to say hey um yeah keep it appropriate people um and yeah we would yeah. oh and check out our red bubble <gasps> it's a t f t c pod just search that in little dot com and yeah. you see our cute little stickers.
1: We do have some things in the works. Um, Since we do all of the designing and editing and everything for ourselves, Mm -hmm. it does take a little bit of time because we do also have jobs and other things. But um, we do have a few things in the works. So just keep your eye out. We'll let you know when those drops. It'll be very exciting. But I do have a proud pod pet parent design on its way. It's very cute. Um, So definitely keep your eye out and your ears open and we'll let you know. But of course. I think that was a pretty good, I think that was a pretty good episode this week, huh? I think so. And if I look at my clock, that was about, about time, time for, for true crime. crime. Bye. Bye.